Have you ever done something you later regretted? I'm sure we all have. You know, fortunately, most of the things we regret doing are just stupid and can be remedied and graciously overlooked or forgiven. Unfortunately, some of the things we regret doing have lasting consequences and no apparent way to make amends. These are the things we really regret. Well, Peter did something that he really regretted, something that even brought him to tears. He denied his Lord three times. When Jesus was taken into the high priest's courtyard and Peter was questioned by the gatekeeper about being one of his disciples. He said, I'm not. A little later, while he was warming himself by a fire, he was again questioned about his relationship with Jesus. He denied it with an oath and said, I do not know him. I do not know the man. When a relative of the high priest slave, whose ear he had cut off in the garden, confronted him, Peter started cursing and swearing and emphatically declared, I do not know the man. When a cock crowed and Jesus turned and looked at him, he realized what he had done. He had denied three times the one that he had said he was willing to go to prison with and even die for. His cowardice shocked him, and he left the courtyard weeping bitterly. I'm sure he thought his relationship with Jesus was over. But his fears were unjustified. The one who taught others to forgive 70 times 7 is a very gracious and forgiving Lord, And Jesus would soon assure Peter of his forgiveness by giving him a chance to reaffirm his love for him three times. You know, it's not often that we're given the opportunity to so perfectly cancel out our failures. Let's see how Jesus did it for Peter. We're in the 21st chapter of John's Gospel. So when they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, tend my lambs. Jesus had already risen from the dead, appeared twice to disciples in Jerusalem, and told Mary to tell them he would meet them in Galilee. They're now there, waiting for him to appear when seven of them decide to go fishing. After a night of catching nothing, Jesus appeared on the shore and told them to cast on the right-hand side of the boat. Following his instructions, they caught 153 large fish. When they got to the shore, Jesus had breakfast ready. 
And after breakfast, Jesus turned to Peter and asked him a very interesting question. Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? What he meant by more than these, we can't be sure. Some have suggested Jesus was asking if Peter loved him more than he loved the sea and the boat and fishing. That Jesus was wanting to know if Peter was willing to give it all up to be what he had called him to be. Others suggest he was asking if Peter loved him more than he loved the other disciples who were with him. Was Jesus first in his life above all loyalties and affections? Either, I guess, is possible. If we would serve Christ, it is necessary to love him more than our things or our desires or even family and friends. But Jesus may be asking Peter something else entirely. He may be asking if he loves him more than the others do. Why would he ask such a thing? Perhaps it's because when Jesus foretold that all the disciples would fall away from him, Peter had proudly proclaimed, even though all may fall away, I will never fall away. In other words, not me. I love you more than they do. But then he denied Christ three times. Maybe Jesus is asking, do you still think you love me? More than they love me? Peter's answer is not as bold as his previous statement. He simply says, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He doesn't say anything about loving Jesus more than the others. He just affirms his love for Christ. Now, John is writing this account in Greek, and it was spoken in Aramaic. So we can't be certain of the exact words used by Jesus and Peter here. But in recording it, John uses two different words for love, and I think he's doing so for more than just literary diversity. John expresses Jesus' question, do you love me, with the word from which we get agape, a word that is generally used to speak of love that springs from a commitment to do the loving thing, whether you feel like it or not. Agape love is the kind of love God has for us and the kind we are commanded to have for each other. Peter's answer, however, is expressed by the word phileo. It's a word that speaks of a love that is motivated by emotion, is warm and tender and even brotherly in nature. From it we get Philadelphia, the city of brotherly love. Now, one is not necessarily higher than the other, and they are not mutually exclusive. You can have both agape and phileo for the same person. John used both words to describe the father's love for the son, Jesus' love for Lazarus, and of himself as the one Jesus loved. But they are different. What Jesus is apparently asking is, Peter, do you love me with a deep and abiding love that goes beyond feeling, a love that will motivate you to obey me, no matter what? 
that question, Peter responds, yes, Lord, you know I love you, how I feel about you. Now, the yes, Lord, may be an affirmation to the question about his commitment to Christ. Yes, I'm committed to you. And the I love you, an expression of his feeling for Christ. I don't think Peter is trying to skirt the issue of agape here. He's just emphasizing how he feels about Jesus. I do love you. Jesus' response probably caught him off guard. Tend my lambs. If Peter wants Jesus to know he loves him, he can best show it by being a shepherd of his flock. That's the ministry to which Peter had been called and to which Jesus is wanting him to reaffirm his commitment. The question of Peter's love has been asked and answered. But Jesus doesn't stop. (laughs) He asks it again. He said to him again a second time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, shepherd my sheep. When Jesus asked that question a second time, he he drops the comparative more than these. He apparently wants Peter to focus solely on himself here, to examine himself without comparing himself to the others. Simon, let me ask you again, do you love me? Perhaps the emphasis was on the you this time. The word Jesus used for love is still agape, and Peter answers the same way he did before. Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. I phileo you. Yes, I do love you. You know how I feel about you. Jesus responds this time by saying, shepherd my sheep. The word for shepherd or take care of actually pictures more than does the word for tend or feed. Jesus may be indicating that a shepherd is expected to do more than just feed the sheep. But the idea is basically the same. Peter can best express his love for Christ by taking care of his sheep. And you may have noticed that Jesus uses a different word for sheep here. Some believe that's because he's focusing on young believers, lambs, in verse 15, and older believers, sheep, in verse 16, but that may be pressing it too far. Whether the sheep are young or old, they belong to Christ, and they all need shepherding. That's how Peter can best express his love for Christ. He can serve as a shepherd of his flock. But the question is still, Do you love me? And believe it or not, Jesus asks it one more time. He said to him a third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was grieved because he said to him the third time, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, tend my sheep. Now, John has Jesus here using the word phileo. Simon, do you really love me? Do you really feel about me the way you 
say you do? He changed the word there. Peter is grieved by the question, but his grief may have actually come more from the word used than the number of times Jesus asked it. In fact, since Peter had denied Christ three times, he may have been grateful for the opportunity to affirm his love three times. He was grieved because when Jesus asked it the third time, he asked it in a way that challenged his feelings about him. And to that challenge, Peter responded, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. The word used for the second no is not the same word Peter used in the first part of that sentence. It's a word that emphasizes knowledge that comes by experience. Peter is saying, you know how much I love you. You've seen it expressed over and over and over again. Yes, I failed you when I denied you. But you know how I feel about that? And you know how I feel about you now. You know how I threw myself in the water to get to you before the others could get the boat to shore. You know how much I love you. To that, Jesus responds again, tend my sheep. Express your love for me. Not in dramatic displays of emotion, but in faithful service. That's how you best show your love for me. He then goes on to make it clear that Peter will demonstrate his love for him by following him. Truly, truly I say to you, when you were younger, you used to gird yourself and walked wherever you wished. But when you grow old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will gird you and bring you where you do not wish to go. Now this he said, signifying by what kind of death he would glorify God. And when he had spoken this, he said to him, follow me. When Peter insisted that he would never fall away, Jesus told him that before the cock crowed, he would deny him three times. Now, as Peter is struggling to express his love for him, Jesus assures him that he will indeed prove his love for him. He will express his love for Christ in a way that will remove all doubt about his feelings or his commitment. Peter will give his life for Christ. And Jesus expressed that fact with a veiled analogy. Peter, when you were younger, you dressed yourself. You tied your robe on as you saw fit, and you went where you wanted to go. But the day is coming when you get older that you'll stretch out your hands. Someone else will dress you, and you'll be taken where you really don't want to go. It's doubtful that Peter or anyone else fully understood what Jesus was saying here. But now, John does. He's writing this some years after Peter's death. And Peter was stretched out on a cross. 
and crucified because of his love for and commitment to Christ. In fact, tradition tells us that as he was about to be crucified, he requested that he be crucified upside down because he didn't feel himself worthy to die in the same way as had his Lord. Peter proved his love for Christ by following him to a cross. In a moment of weakness, he failed his Lord three times. But he reaffirmed his love verbally three times. And he would reaffirm it over and over again by his willingness to surrender his all, even his life, to the one he loved. No one would ever again doubt his love for Christ. What about us today? If we would not have our love doubted, we too must affirm it verbally. We must say that we love him. And then we must commit ourselves to a life of service, tending the flock of God. You may not have thought of yourself as a shepherd. But whether it's serving as an elder, serving tables, teaching class, sponsoring youth, caring for children, or simply doing whatever the Spirit has gifted you to do within the body of Christ, we all have a role to play shepherding the flock. And while we may never be stretched out on a literal cross, we must all deny ourselves, take up our cross, and follow him. We too must prove our love for Christ by surrendering our all to him. Let's stand.